Welcome everybody. This is TA and I have a super fun episode of the Recourse podcast for you today. My friend Ray Harris is here. She is a singer, songwriter, worship leader, and just all around amazing musician. And we even get spoiled a little today with a little music, which we've never had on the podcast. So I'm very excited for you to meet and learn about her story. So let's go right to the podcast. Okay. All right. So we're going to start with uh, the ever popular question. How do we know each other, my friend? Well, I was a part of the worship ministry at church, and I think I met Matthew first because yeah. he was doing the sound. Yeah. And then I had heard through the grapevine that you were gifted in singing as Ooh, that's well. A, that's kind of a <laughs> bit of a lie. <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> gifted. Well, wow. your your husband was very positive about <laughs> about your abilities. Oh, so. that's very kind of him. <laughs> he kept trying to he, trying to get me, and he's like, "Hey, have you asked Tia yet? Have you have you asked her? Like, I will, but she keeps kind of skirting around the issue here. I just so it took a while to kind of nail." down but we got you yeah, so for, for the a little while bit that you yeah. were on the team it was really enjoyable <laughs> I always laugh when people say they knew Matthew first because he is not as socially like he's a, such an introvert and he's very much a wallflower super nice guy and super like very kind but he's not the guy that's like hey how's it going what's it doing yeah. what's you know he's not that kind of guy so it's always funny when people are like I knew Matt first it's like oh that's yeah good. <laughs> he's got a very calming presence I know that when anything stressful would happen, it's just he was like, "Hey, we're gonna just take care of this. We're gonna we'll troubleshoot what's going on." And because I am, I'm more strong in the musical aspect of worship, but as far as the technical and the computers and the sound, if something went wrong and people were asking me, "Oh, this is wrong. My mic isn't working. My in ears." I'm like, "I have absolutely no idea." <laughs> I it was like a deer in the headlights. Yeah, yeah. So he came to the rescue several times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you came, like you said, you were at our church and you did this beautiful bridge for us of like, we had a, a worship pastor leave and we were in that lurch of what do we do in the interim and you just beautifully like filled in that position. How was that? Did you enjoy that part of your season? I think that there was definitely a opportunities for growth because when we uh, they were struggling to find a worship leader for the main campus yeah when they were launching the satellite That's site right I forgot that that it started actually even before our worship pastor left because mm-hmm. we had we were at that point um trying a two-campus system yeah and so you were kind of helping with that secondary I yeah about that and they I had I had just um kind of started being a part of the worship team just as a a team member. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, the whole summer came and it was getting closer and closer and they were getting desperate. And so I, how it kind of went down was I was outside on the playground with my children and the current worship pastor just came out and he sat down next to me and he's like, Hey, I've got a proposition for you. We were really needing somebody and you've got the experience that we're kind of needing for this season and would you be interested or willing to do this for us? And then it turned out to be, I think it was like a year and a half. Yeah. Did you, had you done anything like that before that point? You said experience, like you hadn't done like a full worship, like um, for a church or anything like that, but what was your musical background up to that point? Well, I was um, a part of just worship teams, probably starting around 10th grade. Um, So I had 
experience being a part of a team, Mm -hmm. but um, I think that my experience as a leader didn't really start to kind of be formed until I was in college because I went to Bethel University Mm -hmm. for a little bit, and they have a program there called Vespers, which is a Sunday night worship night for college students, and then they also open up the um, second service for high school kids, anybody who really just wants to come and have a night of worship. And so while I was there, I was able to kind of get some experience and knowledge on how that program functioned. And then I really felt God pressing on my heart that that kind of program was something that St. Cloud State desperately needed because it's a community of, I mean, it's just really known for a lot of the party scene Mm -hmm. and not a lot of wholesome activities for college kids that don't necessarily want to be immersed in that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's when I decided to transfer to St. Cloud State and launch that program. And that program, I think we did that for five years. And then I ended up, I stayed there for a couple years beyond graduation just to kind of help mentor some of the kids that were kind of carrying the torch for me. And then after that, I just was like, you know, I'm kind of a grown up now. So I need to, <laughs> I got bills to pay and this is wonderful, but it, it was a volunteer thing. So yeah. I, I really loved the relationships that were built and it helped me kind of get experience in conflict. How to, if people were not happy with each other, they didn't like music played this way and so it's kind of a a opportunity for me to uh, get to know personalities a little bit more because up until that point I was more on the outside and not really behind the scenes of how some of that stuff works. I don't think people always realize that worship pastors or anybody that kind of is involved in that aspect of church culture how much I don't want to say criticism but uh, opinions people have about what songs are being played, how loud the songs are played, what instruments are on stage, and how much, like, when people church shop, how much that decision of, like, oh, I didn't like the music, and so I'm never coming back to that church. Like, Mm -hmm. the pastor may have said the most impactful thing they've ever heard in their life, but I didn't like the worship. And you're like, (laughs) and that can really affect people. And I, we, or those that are involved in that, um, take the brunt of that so much. And so I, I don't know how you guys do that part, like... I think that it's you develop a tough skin because you know that you're coming from a like a multi-generational culture and yeah. so you're going to have people that really believe that you only do hymns or you have the newer generations where it's like we want to hear top 40 worship music and so it's trying to blend kind of everything in between and you know, you're going to get the people that are very vocal about what they like and what they don't like. And the hard part is, is that, you know, worship is kind of the very first piece to a church as a whole that people walk into. So it is a important element for people because if they're not going to be comfortable mm-hmm. being able to enter into worship or be enjoying the music, that probably is a deal breaker for a lot of people and and people don't really realize how essential that is because for me when I think of worship I think of it as being used as a tool to help prepare my heart for hearing the message hearing the word Mm -hmm. and it's a way that I can have my love language to God and prepare myself to be ready to hear back from him sure do you struggle at all I have struggled because I as we said I sing a little bit I really can struggle I can take myself out of worship so easily because of pride or because of um, like I'm 
I'm not hearing the pitch right or somebody's not singing as great or, you know, like there's so many things because I have a musical brain in some respects, it can take me so quickly out of worship in that specific setting Mm -hmm. versus like if I'm listening to a CD at home that's been professionally produced, Mm -hmm. I don't, it doesn't seem to, I don't seem to have struggled worship like I do in a church setting. I think that when you are on that stage and you know that people are kind of seeing you in that space, um, there is a certain level of excellence that you want to be able to offer because Mm -hmm. for some reason, people just expect perfection. I think sometimes because of, Mm -hmm. you know, the um, stuff they hear on the radio and even when you go to live concerts, there's the auto-tune and all the extra um, sound stuff that they can help kind of cushion and make things a little buffered. But one thing I've struggled with throughout the years and as I'm getting older, just kind of releasing is having the expectation of knowing that I'm giving my best and it might be an off day. Like everybody, no matter what job you have, you have a bad day. And for me, my bad days are just very visible. I might forget the lyrics or I might crack or hit the wrong notes and it's just going to be very evident to people and some people might not be able to pinpoint exactly what wasn't sounding right but they know that something wasn't quite right and so it's for me I've it's been kind of a journey to relinquish that perfection part for me because I know that it's not realistic but being able to at least know okay I prepared my music I've practiced and I'm in a place where <coughs> I know that my heart is prepared and ready to help people be ushered into worship and that's all that I can offer. That makes sense and I think one thing I want to say that I've always appreciated when you have sang or when I've been in your presence like especially in the worship setting you have a, a uh, an ability to invite people into worship with you you're not singing at people like if you've ever been to a worship service where it's like wow this is really great and wonderful but I'm at a concert where someone's singing at me mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm seeing them worship. I'm not being as an audience member invited into that worship. Does that make sense what I'm yep, saying? That does. And so I really appreciate that when you have done that, you have uh, an ability that it's about the group and it's about uh, this communal worship service. And that's, I think a huge thing that you have an, a talent and ability to do that allows people to feel comfortable and safe and ushers people into the kingdom in a way that that doesn't happen and I don't know what the magic sauce is that makes you do that it was just being prayful about you know uh what you say beforehand but also just the way you sing with people and I think you're right when you have those moments of imperfection I think that's what it is sometimes it's that piece that's like this isn't a perfect Mm -hmm. somebody is just performing for me to watch and see it's I'm in that with you yeah I really appreciate that. That that does mean a lot. It encourages my heart. Good. <laughs> I'm serious. That's, that's huge. And that's, I only can say that too because um, there have been, I've been in enough, because I went to a Christian university um, uh, when I was in college and that happened a lot. There were people that were very concerned about it being such a performance mm-hmm. that it there was a very off-putting slash, you could just feel that veil of, Oh, you don't care that there's people here worshiping with you. You're worried more about what's happening on stage and what you are sounding mm-hmm. like, what you're performing at, whatever. And there's a very big difference when it's like you're just laying your heart out there and welcoming people to that process with you. Well, I think that one of the things that I've really tried to be intentional about in communicating to any team that I'm working with or even just stepping into this role is 
that, you know, God, one, has gifted so many people with this ability. And Mm -hmm. so I think that sometimes when it becomes kind of like a performance, it's almost that competition aspect of wanting to be the one that shines and Mm -hmm. like, look at me, I, I can sing really great or I can play the instruments awesome and our humanness kind of gets in the way because we're being physically elevated on Mm -hmm. the stage above you know the congregation and so it's just can be a dangerous slippery slope if you don't continue to be praying about like I want a humble heart you know help me see and remember that this is not about me this is about the work that you're allowing me to do because Mm of the gifting that you've given me and being able to recognize that it's a it's a team effort it's not just about you know one person and it's always been my heart and I hope that as people get to know me or even if I step into a church for the very first time that ultimately they see Jesus through me and through the music that I'm being able to offer the body of Christ because we're all working towards a goal and that's to show you know love towards others show the goodness of God and I just happen to be used in a uh, an area that's very visible and very uh, mm-hmm. you know kind of out there and versus someone who might be working in the children's ministry that's pouring into and, and investing in little hearts and help kind of building that generational um, appetite for God mm-hmm. and I think that no matter what area that you're in the work is just as important and so that's something that I am always trying to keep that laser focus on that it's like it's not about me because I'll kind of give you one little story that I think what God used as a as a kind of a wake-up call for me so and this really changed my perspective and like wow I really need to be aware that this is something that could become a problem so when I was in college, um, I, when I had transferred back to St. Cloud State, I did a lot of shows around campus. I was really getting involved with um, national anthem at athletic events. So I was at the St. Cloud State basketball games, mm-hmm. hockey games, and you know you'd get like ten thousand people sometimes at those hockey games, and so people were kind of starting to recognize me as, oh, there's the singer or, you know, whatever. And um, would sometimes would approach me and be like, hey, aren't you that girl? Or And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was one time that I was trying to get into the St. Cloud State Husky Hockey game, a certain parking lot, because I was running late and I needed to check in for the national anthem. And this guy, the gatekeeper, was not letting me in because I didn't have a certain permit because Mm -hmm. it was just VIP. And I was getting so frustrated that he wasn't remembering who I was. Like I was, I see you often. Yeah. 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 Like why? And so the words that came out of my mouth, I was shocked at myself, disappointed. And I said, don't you know who I am? (laughs) And I was, and immediately when those were, and he just like looked at me with this blank look, like, you are this 18-year-old little punk girl trying to, like, throw around your, your yep. min, like, very yeah. minuscule status here. You know, go go walk a half a mile like the normal people. <laughs> go walk in the back lot, you know. And so the, just the conviction of the Holy Spirit and that moment stuck with me forever mm. because it's not a gifting that I have any 
anything to take credit for because it's nothing that I have done. It has been a hundred percent of what God has decided to give me, and I need to be a good steward of that because I'm going to be held accountable on how I used that gifting when I meet face to face with my Creator. I will be held accountable. Were you humble? Were you, did you help people know me at a deeper level through your music and, and all of that stuff? And so that moment, every time that, that it just kind of starts to bubble up a little bit, yeah. kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I did do a good job this day. You know, because people <laughs> yeah. sometimes say, oh, thank you so much for your music. I just was so blessed. And so it's like, okay, yes, direct all of that immediately mm-hmm. back to the Lord because that is where it stems from and it just it's like a river just flows and yeah so that's been my heart from from a long time and I it's something I hope that people see that's ultimately my my goal is yeah. that it draws people to Jesus not not focusing and dwelling on anything of my humanness yeah well, I think that's a smart way of thinking about it too because it is a gifting that God gave you but you are stewarding it right like you are growing it and working through it and working on it so that you can use it even more for his glory, which I think is amazing. So how did music come to be in your life in general? Like where, like go back all the way back to being a kid. Like, was this something like from the beginning you're like, mom and dad always talk about how I sang and dance all the time, you know, like that kind of like, how did music kind of become the thing that you were like, I think this is what God's calling me to do. Yeah. Well, my parents have consistently said every time I ask them about it that I sang before I could speak. (laughs) I have always asked them, like, are you just telling me, you know, something just because you want me, you you know, want me to be like, oh, she was music right from the, right from the womb, you know? Um, But they, they just continue to be, nope, you were, I mean, you started singing before you could talk. And so I think that God just, from the very moment that he allowed me to be growing in my mom's womb, just knew that this is what he was going to put in me and what it was going to be used for. And I remember my mom saying that when I was in kindergarten and we could do show and tell and talk about kind of what we wanted to be as an adult that my kindergarten teacher was like, oh, we know what what you want to be. You want to be a singer. And I was so miffed. I said, oh. I am a singer. I already am a professional. What? I don't know what you're talking about here. That's funny. So it was just right from the moment that, you know, I could recognize that it's something that I loved. And I was convinced that I was going to be like the next country superstar so yeah. when that every time that I'd be somewhere in public I'd just go up to strangers and I'll sing a song for you if you give me a quarter <laughs> so I was not only a musician but an entrepreneur apparently at a young yeah. age too <laughs> making the money yeah nice. but my dad um he was as an amazing talented gifted bass player and did a lot of touring um with different bands and then so I, I get a lot of music from his side of the family and then there's a lot of wonderful musicians on my mom's side of the family too I know that my grandpa loved when we'd come and play um Hank Williams and Johnny Cash on the front porch watching the cars go by so that's some of my best memories that is so fun so 
Um, you had talked about, so through college you had done stuff. I know you've done some stuff with church and worship, Mm -hmm. but I know that there's this other world that's happening for you, um, that you've been trying to put music and I know you've been to recording studios and things like that. Tell me what's been going on lately because I feel like I haven't seen you in a while and I have no idea what's been happening with, with that side of your life. Yeah, it's um, pretty exciting. I mean, COVID has kind of put stuff on hold. sure. So that's been a little disappointing, but I have faith in knowing that God's got a plan. And so I'm just kind of resting in that. But um, after I had decided to step away from my position as the worship director, um, I just really felt like God was kind of calling me into more of a a professional direction. And because I'm a songwriter and it's the way that I can kind of, it's almost like free therapy. You use songwriting and, and creating to be able to get some of those emotions out and so um, over COVID, I just, I think that I've written about 30 to 40 songs wow. so um, that are just kind of sitting there to be used. And so I've been in the studio doing some demo work. Um, one of the exciting things that kind of transpired from putting my music out there more is um, someone kind of stumbled upon my songwriting and really liked it and they had asked me to be a part of this documentary that they're doing on suicide awareness and prevention so two of my songs are going to be included in the soundtrack in that documentary I love that and then um, I'm going to be interviewed as so they're partnering with a major network um, to do these weekly episodes on things that are contributing factors to suicide. So it could be PTSD, um, bullying, mental health challenges. And so the other aspect of that is that I'll be um, interviewed as far as uh, for the bullying episode, just because of my history with extreme bullying and how that has kind of shaped me as a person and my music and my faith and stuff like that. So right now, um, because of COVID and the East Coast is just very kind of locked down still because it's very rampant out there still. Um, It's a little bit on hold, but they keep telling me that it's still going to happen. So (laughs) I feel like it's like the bride waiting for her groom. You're supposed to be ready and you never know when he's coming, you know, in the scriptures. So I kind of feel in a sense that that's what my life is like right now. I have to be ready and prepared because he keeps telling me I could, you need to be ready. I could call any week. You don't, you don't know. So um, that I'm just kind of waiting in anticipation for that to come. So, so do you like songwriting more than performing? I love, I think that I love both equally as much because um, I love performing and being able to connect with people through my music because I think that music is such a universal language that really helps express emotion that you might not be able to express talking to somebody or even necessarily processing your emotions on your own. You know, you often hear people saying, oh, that song really connected with me. And every time that that song comes on the radio, I just melt down. I lose it and the tears come because it it touched a chord based on something that happened in their life. And for me, it's a way to tell a story, tell my story. And maybe that might help people who are going through things that I've gone through and I'm on the other side of it, but they might be entering it or might be in the middle of it. And so I can help support them and give them hope that it's going to be okay and um I just think that it also I don't really consider them my songs I consider them like songs that 
the Lord has given me. And so it's a way that I can also share his goodness and his mercy and his grace with other people through the music that that he's given me. Yeah, I think that's a great way to think about it too because there, I would assume we all attribute meaning or like you said, we connect to songs in a way that even the author of that song didn't intend. And so you have to have so much of that like of ability and flexibility to kind of give it away of like, that's not what I meant, but that's okay. Yeah. Cause that's okay. Because if yeah. that meant something to you and God is working through you in a way that I didn't intend, I mean, I'm not going to gatekeep that and yeah. be like, no, you can't listen to it that way. Yeah, like, yeah, you know what I mean? So there's gotta be a, like a, a, the ability for you to have that flexibility or at least have that mindset of like, this mm-hmm. isn't really my song and I'm the only one who really can connect to it. Like you have to be able to push that out. Mm-hmm. I've never seen you. I'm trying to think if I've seen you perform without the piano or the guitar, you seem to be, you're very talented that way. Cause I've, I've joked about this of like, if you asked me to play the piano and sing at the same time, I would fall apart because I I would start singing the notes I was playing. I'd be like, F, G, Because I'm so concentrating on what the next yeah. thing I'm having to do with my hands is. But you seem to just, it flows out of you both, like, so easily. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I actually prefer to perform without an instrument. Oh, do you? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Because I like the freedom mm-hmm. to be able to, if I want to jump around and get excited about sure. something or just being able to move along you know, the stage, mm-hmm. that to me is just kind of my wheelhouse. And okay. I, because I've got the ability to play an instrument, it's usually utilized like in a worship context sure. because teams typically kind of struggle to find, you know, instrumentalists. And yeah, yeah. so because I've got that skill, I'm usually put in into yeah. that space as well. But if I could, I would love to have like a full band where I don't need to play anything and I could just stand up there and sing. Yeah. And yeah. I was just chatting with somebody about this the other day because I'm actually introverted, so I'm bent towards being um, kind of quiet outside of when I'm kind of in the, like a performing or a worshiping kind sure. of space. And so people kind of think, talk about like how oh, I can't believe that it's like you're a different person and stuff. And it's like, well, it's really like my uh, my true self is really up there, but I just get not shy, but I'm just kind of like the attention about that yeah. is uncomfortable for me because people will always be like, oh, you did so good or this is so beautiful or this touched me in this way. And I appreciate that so much, but it's always awkward for me because to me it is about like constantly pushing that right directly back to God because that's what his, the work that he's called me to. Right. But anyways, sidetracked. We uh, were chatting about the fact that I prefer to be on stage without a instrument. And she was like, I just can't imagine that. You know, I just, I've never seen you do that before. And I was like, oh man, that is, that's my favorite because I have the freedom to really truly worship and, and sing and or perform the way yeah. I really want to and I'm not kind of stuck behind something that keeps me in like a, a four foot box you know yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's totally fair but that's why I, I like to say the same thing because I don't know if I've seen that but you touched on a very important point too of like when you are involved in a ministry or in a profession where it's so public or so like exposed Mm -hmm. you're exposing so much of yourself and then the audience expects that you should a you should always do that like you should share everything about your life and they should get to know everything and b that you should be that way all the time and it's like but nope there's still like a private sense of like i know and this is a silly um 
maybe connecting piece, but of like as a teacher, like I think a lot of people think we are all extroverted and loud mm-hmm. and share everything. And it's like there's a lot of teachers I know that are like, and that's all the energy I had, and I'm done. Yes. That was my eight yeah. hours. Of day. I got I gotta go home and be by myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's I imagine exactly that's a hard how. thing. Yeah. Usually Sunday mornings after worship, I will have to go home and just be by myself and with my kids because they're all excited and you know my husband needs my attention to Mm -hmm. talk about something and I was like hey just give me a couple of hours I need to go in my room and just kind of decompress because usually what happens especially if I'm at a new church because what I've been doing lately kind of in the middle of kind of like the side piece of um, professional work yeah. is been going to different churches that are in a need of like a guest worship leader. So maybe they're in a space of um, transition where they're looking for somebody, or maybe they only have one worship pastor and they need a break yeah. and need a Sunday off. So I've been doing that. Um, so especially if I go to a new church and people don't know who I am, there have been a couple of times more often than not, and I'm not saying this to be like, oh, I'm so great. Like this is just the reality that people will like there'll be a three or four deep you know waiting yeah. line for people them to come to chat yeah. just mm-hmm. to know who I am yeah. what my story is all about and um I don't ever want to come off as unapproachable because mm-hmm. I think that some it's so easy when you're up there doing worship and you've got a very visible gifting whether it's music or preaching or or something that people can so easily get this starry-eyed, oh my goodness, look at them. And they walk by and it's like, oh, look at them. They're, that's the worship leader and stuff like that because it's like the closest thing for them to something, yeah. you know, like it's like a, a concert or like, yeah, a, yeah. yeah. And so it's, I've always communicated to the team and just a reminder for myself, like you, you are a normal person. You, you know, do everything that somebody who's not gifted in this area like someone might be really gifted in accounting and you're like oh wow thank you so much for helping my taxes now i'm gonna say i am very grateful (laughs) yeah um and how important and essential it is to be approachable because somebody might be coming to that church for the very first time and that something might have connected in a deep way for them and if they approach you and you're i don't have time for this i've talked with too many people just you know i need a break Mm -hmm. you know that might really damage how they view God or because it's like oh you say you're a Christian and that you love Jesus but you're not very nice and so why do why would I invest in living out a life that follows someone who promotes loving others when that's not what how I feel from you yeah and that's a hard thing to consistently do week after week or in a new church every time Mm -hmm. and because you are living your life too and I want to point out just because you brought this up like when you say you're going home to your kids that's five lovely daughters. <laughs> so yeah. that's a lot of family it to is. go home to. I know. And I have often commented to my husband, he jokes about how he was maxed out at three, but he didn't realize <laughs> it until, you know, all five were here. And of course we would never trade that for anything. For sure. I mean, at this point, even physically, it's just can't put them back. So, you know, <laughs> we've got what we got. Yeah. Um, but I've joked often with my husband, I'm like, for how introverted I am, why did I want so many children? Because even investing just as a mother and mm-hmm. their needs, we homeschool them. So I am with them all day. Yeah. Um, and then by the end of the day, I was like, it's just too much. And my five-year-old is my little magnet. She tells me 
on a weekly basis that she, when she grows up that she's going to live in my basement. And that I said, I don't think, <laughs> I don't you think, don't think so get married, you yeah. have kids. I don't think, you know, what are you going to do then? Oh, my husband can live in the basement too. Like, I don't think that it's going to work like that. But I don't know. Is he a okay. good cook? Because yeah. then maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> good at cleaning. Can you do laundry? That's right. Yeah. Then yeah. maybe we can strike a deal. But let's wait yeah. and meet this guy first. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just, you know, buy, buying my time because by the time mm-hmm. they get to be teenagers, they're probably going to think I'm so uncool oh so uh, right now they think i'm the best thing in the world so i'm gonna i'm gonna live off of that for a little while yeah enjoy that <laughs> i'm my i have a 12 year old and she i wouldn't say she's 100 percent a teen yet but she's definitely like more like now maybe it's like 20 percent of the time we see her being like eh, yeah for you <laughs> it's like i'm going don't to my do room that. yeah like don't do that please don't do that but yeah it's coming we can see yeah. it and, like, mm. and then and then the next minute she's you know head on your shoulder needs to yeah. sit by you and you're like Okay, I'm still okay. Okay for yeah. now. <laughs> I think for my oldest, she's nine and probably my eight year old, but my eight year old is just such a fun loving like we caught somebody said about her and I've kinda clung on to it that she's a hoot and a half. I love that, <laughs> see, because it is totally so gracie. She's yeah. a hoot and a half. So Aww. she's so easy going, but it's mm-hmm. more so my daughter because she's so much like me. My daughter Ava. Like, she doesn't want to be made out to look like a fool. She's very mm-hmm. reserved because mm-hmm. I get silly and, and goofy with the people that I'm most comfortable with. But for the most part, I, I would probably err on the side of being more reserved mm-hmm. in a social environment because I was like, I don't want to look foolish. But I think that it's kind of like a weird line for them because they recognize that I'm up on stage and that I'm singing and that a lot of people respond to that and that um, they can recognize that there's something special about that gifting yeah. and what, where God has me right now for this season. But then at the same time, you know, when I'm down the grocery aisle and a song that I like comes on and I'm dancing and it was like, oh, mom, no. please stop. <laughs> like, come on, you only live once, you That's know? That's right. Come on, let's dance. <laughs> yeah. And the other girls are too young to really know at this point what's considered socially normal. So they're like, oh, yeah, this is so cool, mom. I'm the cool yeah. mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they all have their own little personalities. That's yeah. the, the thing about kids is everybody, uh, you just, and it changes and it goes and you just do your best. Yeah. Um, but I'm impressed because that's a lot for you to juggle all those pieces. And especially when it's not a consistent, like, what, as, what you're trying to pursue is not a consistent, like, for sure on Monday you're going to have this mm-hmm. and next Tuesday for sure you're going to have that. And so you are just magically and very effectively managing all of that. Well, I think that um, I really have to kind of brag on my husband a little bit because mm. he has been so supportive of this. And even when we kind of talked about, you know, when I go out to South Carolina and they, I mean, they tell me who knows really how it's going to transpire, but that they've got, you know, connections out there that they really want to start kind of getting me a a part of these people that really could open some doors for me. And so, you know, it seems so far off and that, you know, who really knows because people make promises that never come true, but what if it does Mm -hmm. happen or what if, you know, because I'm getting booked up with churches because they keep hearing and hey like you know I need a a person to come in do you know somebody and then the name just through word of mouth so Luke has been so gracious into allowing me to pour into that because he knows that's such a big part of who I am and how I'm wired that when I'm not doing that I'm not fulfilled and I'm not able to be the best version of myself and we kind of chatted about this because we have a home church in Elk River and 
Um, he has been so good about getting all five girls up mm-hmm. for church every Sunday, even if I'm off somewhere in central Minnesota at a different church. Like he's so good about being diligent and intentional about getting them to church because even though I might not be there maybe once every five weeks with them physically, he still wants to be able to set that example. For sure. And I, I said that, you know, well, why don't you come with me to the churches? We'll just kind of church tour, like do the church tour yeah, together, okay. you know? Um, and he's like, no, I really think it's important that the girls have consistency and just really established rooted relationships here. Yeah, and that makes when sense. you're here... We're happy, but mm-hmm. when you're not, you know, it's, it's all taken care of, and I really appreciate that about him. Yeah, that's, I mean, having a supportive partner in anything, but, yeah, for that type of, like I said, that you are able to do where you need to mm-hmm. be when you need to be, that's amazing. Okay, I want to go back to the conversation we were having about um, some of the opportunities that are coming up as you're professionally um, moving forward in your career, um, specifically because you have a, um, a strong faith and you're very um, musically based in worship, but mm-hmm. you're not looking to, are you trying or thinking about more of a country bent, more of a Christian worship, um, Christian music? Like, where are your mm-hmm. hopes of, like, where that will look or where that would land yeah. in the future? Or maybe you don't have a, maybe. No, I, I mean, if I could go on, get signed by a record label sure. today and be on tour tomorrow, yeah. I, I would. I mean, hey. <laughs> like, Thank you, Jesus. We'll My pray big prayers, man. True. Pray big prayers, man. <laughs> um, I think that if you would have asked me this question when I was a, a high schooler, I would have been, no, I will not go into the Christian industry, like the worship industry. No, I want to be a Christian in a secular industry. Sure. But as I've grown and matured and just kind of see, have seen the way that God has been so faithful in my life in all of the difficulty and all of the, you know, the highest of highs to me, um, it's something where... I want to be able to use my life to tell people why I love him so much and and what he's done for me, what he has done for our family. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I would be open to wherever God has me, but yeah. I want the freedom to be able to speak freely of my faith. And for so sure. typically that's going to be more accepted, you know, in the Christian industry, but, you know, Christ- the country industry has, you know, embraced talking about your faith, Jesus, you know, all of that yeah. stuff too. So if I did go into, I guess, a secular industry, it would probably lean more towards kind of that pop country yeah. stuff. Yeah. Kind of I was saying, because I don't think you're, the music that I've heard lately that you've put out isn't super, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a, that could be on the country station yeah. tomorrow, but it is that kind of crossover between kind of um, pop or easy listening mm-hmm. country, like, there's that kind of nice mix of it, which makes it this beautiful, like, warm, like, crossover, and you just feel comfort, and yeah, oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to, someone was telling me that they would classify me as like an Americano, so it's kind of like... I've never heard that term. Yeah, I guess I'm still not exactly sure, but I think it's like kind of a more softer country, so there's like Mm. a little bit of a pop country to it. But I consider myself, I mean, I definitely see where people, they tell me, oh, you have such a country bend, I can hear it in your voice. And I can hear it a a little bit, um, but I would say that I like everything, but if I had to hone in on something, I'd probably prefer to be in in a Christian industry, but my style is definitely kind of like a southern 
pop rock. So kind of like a need to breathe or, you know, cane or, you know, mm-hmm. something I am they. Like kind of a good mix of all of that stuff. Do Those you have are some any of my favorite bands? Big bands or groups that you get draw a lot of inspiration from or singers or acts that you're like that like those things kind of really influence me. Yeah. I really like the band I Am They, Uh and I like the band Need to Breathe because they've kind of carved out a unique niche for themselves because they're very open about their faith, but they've also gone on tours with some pretty big headliners like Taylor Swift and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. So they've been able to kind of establish themselves as, you know, we know that these people are Christians, but they also write music that is not fully god music i guess where you can see it and hear it and you know that it's not it's written about a human person or a situation that's not necessarily reflective of their faith but then they have music that's also worship and god like god directing and all of that stuff too so i'll have to tell you a story about um when i was in college because i grew up as a non-christian my family wasn't didn't have um we didn't go to church or anything like that. And so when I um, became a Christian in high school and then I went to college, it was the first time I was being introduced to all these bands and music. Like, I, I didn't know anything about, yeah, you know, like the Gaither vocal band. I didn't know who they were. <laughs> and so, like, the like two biggest bands that, like, I was introduced to when I went to college was Jars of Clay oh, nice. and Cayman's Call. Have you heard of Cayman's Call? Yeah. That's one like, not a lot of people know. But, like, Cayman's Call, like, I, I think I owned every record they ever did. I would listen to everything because they had that ability to have a song that was just about life like Mm -hmm. day to day and it wasn't like a hymn of like I'm praising God I'm praising God Mm -hmm. and that was what I anticipated Christian music to be was just like it had to be focused on God only and it was like these two bands kind of opened my world of but I can just sing about this relationship Mm -hmm. of my friend of uh, whatever or uh, just that feeling of and there are songs that they have in their catalog too that are I'm struggling and I need God to help me in those pieces. And mm-hmm. those are big things for me. But that, what you're talking about, that whole, but there can just be songs that are songs and it's okay that I still breathe my faith into that, but it's not every song has to be, I'm, you know, humbled and, yeah, you know. I think that a lot of people that are Christians struggle with feeling like I can't enjoy Mm. what life what the secular world has for me um especially with music or you know just fun in general like people think of christians as like these really uptight legalistic and you know maybe that's experiences that people have because i'm not saying that that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. um but for me it's just kind of like you know guilty pleasures of certain songs that i just can't help myself when i'm on that you know when i go to a wedding and that dance floor is just you know really hyped up and it's For like sure. oh my yeah. song and i get out there and i'm mm-hmm. you know cutting it loose out there and so i think that it's just making sure that we uh, what we listen to does have like an element of honoring god because even when you don't think of you don't really think of listening to a song that might have, um, you know, trashy lyrics or something, but it has a really good beat, but all of a sudden that lyrics and those words are starting to penetrate your brain and your mind, and all of a sudden when you're not even thinking about it, those words are coming, and then it kind of, the more that you listen to that kind of stuff, it just becomes kind of who you are, in a sense, desensitized, so that's why I'm always careful, like, even just no matter what genre that I'm listening to, making sure that the songs are something that I would feel comfortable listening to with Jesus by my side. Am I perfect about that? 
absolutely not. Because there's just sometimes yeah. that's like, oh, I love that song. But for the most part, it's, you know, because it's, scripture talks about filling our minds and our hearts with good and pure things. And so, yeah. especially as I have children, um, it's probably going to say a lot about me. And so, but I'm just going to say it. So I love the song Ice, Ice Baby. <laughs> That is my all-time favorite. I love that. And so my sister's um, getting married, and um, at her reception, I I texted her, and I was like, please make sure that the DJ plays Ice Ice Baby. (laughs) I will be expecting that song. Um, But I was... We do dance parties and stuff at our house with the girls and, and my husband just to have fun. And, and I was like, hey, Ice Ice Baby, Luke, put on Ice Ice Baby. And I'm dancing, getting really into that. And then I'm starting to really listen to the lyrics. And my girls are starting to sing along. And I was like, ugh, <laughs> uh, this is probably not the best lyrics that I want coming out of my five-year-old's right. mouth. So we'll have to shut it off. Well, <laughs> you never know. I, my sister-in-law gave me a book this Christmas called uh, Mama Bear Apologetics. I don't know if you've heard of this book. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a book that talks about like how we as a culture and how we as Christian mamas can um, be thoughtful about um, what we're teaching our children and and being okay with it not being what everybody else is. Te- you know, like yeah. just I think we get kind of fearful of like I don't want to offend people or whatever. Mm-hmm. So having that ability to be like, but this is truly what our worldview is, and and we're comfortable in that. But she brought up this really wonderful point in the book that has really stuck with me ever since. Of she's like, I'm she's one of those people, or she had interviewed somebody that was talking about. Um, she watched a rated R movie. And I know for some people, oh, they don't watch rated R movies or they don't mm-hmm. watch secular movies or whatever. And she's like, but there were things in that movie that God used to teach me and and to um, encourage my heart and things like that. And she's like, so you never know where those pieces are going to come from. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes as Christians, we can bubble ourselves to the point where we don't allow anything else in or we are, are not willing to um, even... Um, think that somebody could have something of value to say if they're not within that bubble yeah. or whatever. And so I think that's important to always have in mind that there, God can use anything at any point in any way to encourage us, to um, refine us, to, you know, all those pieces. And so mm-hmm. I really liked that part in that book. And so what you're saying, like listening to music that isn't just a worship song, I think that's important. And I think you can find God wants us to be silly and to be happy and to enjoy mm-hmm. our kids and to have those moments. And it, it's okay if it's a non-Christian song that that comes from. Now, I agree with you too, that can go, you can swing that pendulum way too far the other way. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, but this swear word's okay. <laughs> like, okay, wait, hold on. Let's go back. To the yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a happy word. There's a happy medium there. And, and Matthew and I definitely have raised our kids of like, um, we don't always listen to Christian music at all with our kids. And mm-hmm. there are certain songs in our family too that we're like, yep, that song we all listen to. And there has been times when it's like some topic or word has come up and we don't hide it from our kids, especially because now they're older. Like mm-hmm. I said, that 12 year old, like you're going to hear this word. Yes. You don't hear mom and dad use that word. We don't, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't swear and things like that. Mm-hmm. But we want you to, like, that's not, um, something I'm not afraid of our kids hearing those things or mm-hmm. um, seeing that in our culture, but to have those conversations of, but it's not something that we're letting into our yes. our world of that, if that makes sense. And I don't it's know how like to say that being in a way, right? A, when the scripture talks about being a part of the world, but not in it. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's just kind of where that Holy Spirit, uh, you know, the conviction and stuff comes in and being able to uh, be obedient and, and, 
knowing, okay, I'm being convicted here from the Holy Spirit that that's not really something what God wants me to listen to or watch or, you know, whatever, and being okay that you might have to look a little different than everybody else. And it's it's hard sometimes. I know that already my daughter has said, why can't I watch this show? Or they can Mm -hmm. watch that show. Or why can't I listen to this music? And well, because this is kind of what God has laid out for us. And when we love Jesus and we want to follow as best as we can, even though we sin, um, try to do the best we can because that's what we do when we love somebody. It's hard when they're younger and they can't have... My husband and I were just talking about this last night. It's so nice that our daughter's at an age. And even though it's not, she's not loving this, but you can have a lot more of those logical conversations of, but here's why. Because we've been talking Mm -hmm. a lot about clothes or what's appropriate to what, like, she has a tendency to wear um, a tank top and then puts a sweatshirt on it. And then when she's hot, she'll take it off. And we have no problem with her wearing a tank top, but there's times when a certain tank top might be not, like, maybe that's a little too low cut or whatever, you know, whatever that is, or where we have decided that that is maybe not at the right place for you, or we're around a lot of people we don't know. And Mm -hmm. so we're not comfortable with you, you know, like, we don't want anybody to be, um, Whatever. Yeah. So I just think it's nice when they're a little bit older and you can have those type of conversations in a way that the little kids are like, oh, just just trust me. I'm doing what's best for you. I promise. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to like, – because I am our rule – we always say to our kids, the rules in our house are for a purpose. Every rule we have is to help keep you safe and healthy. Like, there's no other rule. Like, we're not making rules because we hate you. We're not mm-hmm. making rules because we're mean. Yeah. It's a rule because it's, you know, we're trying to keep you safe and healthy. Yep. There have been so many times that I have called my mom crying I'm like, I am so sorry for all the trouble that I put you through. <laughs> Will you forgive me? Oh, you know, it's so hard. Tears, and she's just laughing like, huh, I knew oh, it was going to come full circle. It does, but... doesn't it? You're like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, yo, yo. I know. And, and it, I've already got the, you know, I don't like you, mom, or whatever. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I know that I must be doing something right in that moment because, yeah. you know, I'm not, we're not meant to be right in this season friends with their kids we want to establish very trusting relationships that they're going to know that we're going to make the best decisions that we possibly can and we will make mistakes too right but yeah that that's been something that we've been kind of entering into yeah (laughs) i think our biggest goal is that our kids would grow up to to make choices based on the things that are have influenced them so their choices are based on you know christian-based things or Mm -hmm. on god but in order to do that, they have to understand all the other pieces so yeah. that they can make a logical choice to do that. If it's always a fear base of, but if you don't do it this way, it's wrong. you know. Yeah. And so I want them to be able to get to a point in life where it's like, I have these three options, but I know based on what's best for me, this would be the best option. Mm-hmm. And also just there's going to be times too that they're not going to make the same choice we would have made for them. But if mm-hmm. they can still logically and progressively make that choice, we can't argue with that. We have to be able to be okay with parents going, okay, but we knew that we have shown them the way to do that. And they're not always going to, uh, we're not always going to agree with the things that they do, but we have to be thoughtful of that. And it, the goal is, like I said, that they, no matter what, have a foundation in Christ so that we can have comfort in them. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So it's one of those weird things, but I don't know how we got home to parenting. Yeah, I, Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. It's all intertwined. It's okay. Yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> well, one super exciting thing, we've I've not had anybody do this yet. Um, you brought your guitar with you yes. so that you're going to play us a song. Yeah. yeah. I uh, To give a little context to this song, it's called Through It All. Ooh. And I wrote it because I have a family member that's very closely connected and um, I'm not quite sure exactly where their faith, their salvation is. I know that they believe in God, but 
I think that it's hard for them to submit to his authority because for them, it then they have to relinquish the control in their life. And that's just really hard. And so many years ago, I had a conversation and I just, I put it out there. I was like, I'm very concerned about your eternity and I don't yeah. want to be separated from yeah. you. And they made the comment about, well, I just feel like we keep missing each other. That I feel that God's trying to reach out and pull me in. And for some reason, I don't respond. And then when I'm trying to seek him, then he's mm-hmm. not there. And mm-hmm. so I think that they're trying to have this aha moment of like, come to Jesus. The angels are singing. I have got this massive overnight change in my life. And that's not happening for them. And yeah. sometimes that it, it's, it is more of a quiet, you, yeah. you know that your heart is... You have that confidence in knowing that you are the Lord's and that nothing can rip you from his hand mm-hmm. once you have given your life to him. But for some people, it's the changes that slowly happen over time instead of this big, massive 180-degree yeah. shift. And everybody gets that aha moment. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of conversations with friends. Um, I had that because I didn't have family that were, like I said, didn't didn't come from a Christian family. Um, we had my mom was Catholic and things like that, so there was there was always some inkling of God mm-hmm. through my life, but it wasn't you know. And I had much more of that kind of big exposure moment of like, oh, I get who Christ is. I'm going to dedicate my life to Christ and move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some people who, like my husband, bless his heart, comes from an amazing Christian family, but just always knew Christ his whole life. Kind of like mm-hmm. how our kids are growing up and they all know they still have to at some point make a decision for Christ. But it's not that I was doing this and then tomorrow I'm totally a different person. And mm-hmm. so it's I think it can be really hard for people that if it doesn't, if God doesn't show up in that way, for some people, you're right, that's a much harder like, how, like, am I really of value? And is God really there? Because I don't have that, wow, I didn't, and now I do. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I wrote, it, it kind of broke my heart a little bit mm. to hear that and hear that inner struggle. And so when I wrote this song, I had that person in mind because I thought, you know what, you know, the, the bad, it's an everyday battle. I mean, I don't, I can't imagine what it would feel like to feel lost and you're trying to find something to grasp onto and it's just, you're not getting that connection that you're searching for. And I know that God will, you know, draw that person into him when the time is right and using people in their life to kind of speak into that and pour in into them. But until then, it's just kind of continuing to pray and just try to be merciful and gracious and not get that frustration of like, oh, why can't you see it? It's right in front of your face. But also this song for me, you know, it's just so special because it talks about how patient the Lord is and that we might be seeking and our path is not straight. It's winding up and down and we veer off and, but he's so patient with us Mm -hmm. and that through his amazing grace that we find that freedom that we're looking for. We're not relinquishing the control over our life, but we're actually finding freedom in that because of his sacrifice on the cross and and how he views us as his children. Yeah. So Well we're excited I'm excited to hear that. I'm gonna call the kids down so they can okay. listen to it too if you don't mind. But um we'll have you play that out for us. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming Absolutely. today. Thanks really for having me. Yeah, no, it was great to hear your thoughts on worship and I'm so glad that God is still using you and that you are just so patiently waiting and in anticipation. I love that we're like you're just in it, you know it's coming, but you're 
patiently anticipating God yeah. to show up and to open those doors in the right well, ways. Well, I think that, and just making this last point, because it did come to my mind as you're saying that, um, some people, when they ask about just like this exciting stuff and there have been other things that have kind of come up that have been some door open for me and stuff like that and there's like oh you know I can't believe it. I bet it's so hard for you and I think we were just chatting about how I've always struggled with finding the contentment of being right here because I can't put a finger on it and so I have to believe that it's the Holy Spirit and what God has instilled in me that while I'm happy to be serving in this capacity I have always felt like there's something bigger and something yeah. more for for my music for mm-hmm. my worship and um just struggling with that and being like God it actually hurts my heart mm-hmm. and it aches because this is something I want so bad but if this is not your will, please take that from me because yeah. I don't want to be stepping outside of the, his will for me. And I just had this realization. Um, I'll share this, but um, really quickly. So I don't want to say the network because I did sign a confidentiality group or contract, sorry. Um, but I ended up auditioning for a talent show and I got through the first round and I was so excited. I thought, this is it. This is all the promises that, you know, he's spoken over me coming to light and coming to fruition. Um, and so I was really put to the test because as I was talking with some of the senior producers about the next step and submitting those audition tapes, they were wanting to have me do a song that talked about being the mistress in adulterous affair and a, an adulterous relationship. And I was just like, you know, I cannot, I'm sorry, I cannot sing that because it goes against my values and my faith and what I want to sing out of my mouth. I've made a commitment to my Lord that I'm going to honor him in everything that I speak or sing because I didn't think that it would be putting this gift to good use if I. Mm. You know, what a confusing message that would be for people to see me on a Sunday morning worshiping and then on the radio or, you know, in a performance speaking about being a mistress. And so because of that, those conversations, you know, we uh, they ended up not proceeding forward with me. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a heartbreak for me because I thought that was my missed opportunity. But I realized in that that the ministry work that I'm doing here in central Minnesota is just as important as if I would be traveling and flying across the world because their souls, people's hearts, the brokenness, the, the hurt is just as important no matter where I am. And so until God chooses to put me somewhere else Mm -hmm. that I need to be obedient in where he has me right now. And I'm going to give everything that I've got because there's people right among us that need him just as much. And so that's kind of where I've been working on that part of that aspect of my music lately. So I love that. That makes my hair, it makes my heart happy. Like I feel bad. And then yeah, like you're right. Like it just, what a positive way of thinking about that. And also not only that, but to know that that is God protecting you and God, you don't have no idea what doors or traps would have happened or Mm -hmm. what, what that, journey would have looked like for you and to be obedient in God and in no matter what the next steps look like. I think that's the most important thing. So. Yeah, and I think that when you're walking in his will that you receive so much more blessing from that. And in turn, you know, you can 
bless other people. And I think that for me, you know, I've always, people have commented like, oh, well, what if you get into a a situation where you do get discovered and you're in a, you know, need to sign those contracts and stuff? Are you going to, you know, compromise? I'm like, well, I hope I wouldn't. I mean, I think I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, but you're not in that position where you would really be tested in that. And so for me, in this circumstance, it's a very small amount of testing for me to be Mm -hmm. like, you know what, if I compromise with this small little thing, who's to say that when something bigger and shinier and brighter is coming along that I wouldn't compromise. And so it was just a very intentional decision that's like, you know what, I feel like I'm watching my dream just slip through my fingers because you know, it was they can the way that they were talking. It just seemed like it was kind of a shoe in, and this is like a formality process here. Mm-hmm. And but I would rather, I would rather not have anything and and please the Lord because that's what matters the most okay. to me. Well, and I think that's why He gave you that gift, and so He will reward you in that. Whether that looks the way you're thinking or not, I think it, it will still come back to be what. He has wanted you to do, and you'll get rewarded for that. So oh, thank that's you. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's call the kids down and get okay. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told you'll never leave me when I feel alone. Just call you. go. This life is all I know. But I'm tired of the battle, weary of the pain. The faith that's there is small. Yet you love me through it all. You are gentle, patient while I search. I hear you whisper how much I'm worth in a world that says I'm never enough. You saved my soul Now I know Your amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me I wandered far You still found me And you Are you tired of the battle, weary of the pain? The faith that's there may be small, but Jesus loves you through it all. Yes, Jesus loved me through it all.
Oh, music in the library. I'm gonna have to do that more often. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you so much to my good friend, Ray Harris. I really appreciate you coming out and sharing your heart and your music with us. As always, check out our show notes. Um, It has websites uh, and other links that you can check out uh, Ray's music and ways to support her. And I'm just so appreciative of you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. And we'll see you next time.